The Tech Today podcast is brought to you by SSNC Technologies, a global market-leading provider of cloud-based investment accounting software services in fund administration. SSNC's AI-powered investment operations and accounting platform, Singularity, provides real-time, multi-basis accounting across a wide range of asset types with unparalleled automation and operational efficiency. Singularity is offered on a software-as-a-service basis or via smart source. SSNC's intelligent middle and back office accounting service. For more information, visit ssctech.com forward slash singularity. Welcome to the Tech Today podcast, powered by CEO Raider. It's your host, John Maeta. Visit us at techtoday.com. We've got a ton of content out there since our last podcast. Rate your company, rate your CEO at ceorader.com. Since we last came to you on the podcast, we've published the a variety of content, technology-related, capital markets-related. We had a couple of asset manager consolidation plays announced last week. We have some commentary on that. That article is entitled, Consolidation Will Not Save Asset Managers. Narcissist CEOs drive risky corporate behavior. That's something we've written about several times anyway, and that we've talked about on this podcast a number of times. That's related to our CEO Raider, CEO Personality Service, where we published our first in-depth study on that topic back in May of 2018. And that initiative was based on some of the research that's been done out of Stanford, out of TCU, out of Harvard, Penn State. And one of the conclusions, two conclusions, narcissist CEOs pursue behavior that results in higher legal fees, pursue M&A transactions more so than the typical CEO. Nothing wrong with M&A. You know I'm a fan of M&A when done intelligently. But too many companies pursue acquisitions in an undisciplined fashion. Don't pay enough attention to valuation. Don't perform proper due diligence. Don't fully understand what it is that they require, that they're acquiring from a technology standpoint. So obsolescence becomes an issue. So our article entitled Narcissist CEOs Drive Risky Corporate Behavior focuses on Larry Ellison in this TikTok acquisition, which we think is a, a waste of capital, given that it will just bring user data to Oracle to be stored in Oracle's cloud. And with these social media platforms, what you want is the user recommendation engine. That's where the real value lies. That won't be part of this deal. So the insights that can be gleaned from the platform as it relates to the users on the platform, Oracle's not gonna have a way to, to monetize those users. That IP, that capability, will continue to reside with TikTok's owner, ByteDance. So this is typical Larry Ellison fashion where he likes to get his name in the headlines. The last time his name was in the headlines regularly was when he was CEO. Now he's exec chairman. And for the past number of years, Oracle, I would argue, has largely missed the boat. They've missed a number of technology trends. They were late in terms of getting their database offerings into the cloud. So they're nowhere near competitive with AWS, Azure, and GCP. And TikTok, while it has a high-profile name, as I mentioned a moment ago, the pieces of the business that Oracle would get in an acquisition aren't terribly valuable. So in our view, the TikTok deal is 99% sizzle. We also covered the GM Nikola deal. That was a couple weeks ago, September 25th, where GM clearly did not do much in the way of due diligence. And it feels to us like it's looking for a way to get out of that deal and save face. Last night we wrote about two things in one article, which you can read about at Tech Today. 
the first piece is around institutional investors. The second piece is around the proposed big tech regulation that hit the newswire yesterday. On the institutional investor side, my opinion, many of these folks forget that they have a voice. You know, when you're a large institutional investor, and especially if you are a large holder in a particular company, you ought to be having a dialogue with, with CEOs. I mean, you're not an insider. You're not one of the operators. But you can certainly provide your feedback to the company in terms of what you think of their capital allocation strategy, in terms of how they position themselves to the markets. That's an area where you have expertise. And that includes uh, financial disclosures. And I just I, I wonder what's going on in the markets today because it feels like these conversations aren't, aren't happening. It, it feels like too many investors are happy passengers on this, this bubble train, particularly when you think about technology companies. And they're all too happy to pay 20 times revenue for a services company like Palantir. And we raised some questions on Palantir in today's article. And I've known that company since late 2013, early 2014. It was probably when I first became aware of them. And I view that company as a services company with a software wrapper. And I question how they are allocating expenses in their financial reporting. I think it's interesting that GNA X stock compensation is 25% of revenue. That feels awfully high. If they were really a software company as they purport themselves to be, that number would be closer to 10 to 15%. So I'm curious as to whether Palantir has allocated cost of revenue expense, a portion of it, to GNA in order to artificially boost gross margins so that they can position themselves as a software company and that's an honest question palantir is a company with big heavy implementations given the amount of data that they onboard to their platform when they do a new customer installation i just wonder if they're not allocating expenses to present the more favorable margin profile ge they are in the news serve of the wells notice around the long-term care policies that we wrote about in August of 2019. Historically, these guys get off easy. Uh, 2009, the SEC accused GE of accounting fraud, and we linked to that filing. $50 million slap on the wrist. Jeff Emalt got to keep his job. New management, obviously. Emalt is now two CEOs removed. Larry Culp is the CEO. But in reading, I read through I don't know, maybe two or three insurance carrier statutory filings when I was doing my work last uh, summer of 2019. And it's messy. And the amount of disclosure that GE provides around this issue of long-term care policies, which are buried inside of GE Capital, is weak. It's weak disclosure, little transparency, maybe next to zero transparency is a, is a fair way to describe it. Not that, tra not that transparency is wonderful in their other business units. I mean, they give you the, the, the bare minimum. So not a company I follow closely, but I just thought this was relevant given that I did some in-depth work on the subject in August of, of last year. So we'll see what comes of that. Apparently the Wells Notice was served on September 30th, and GE felt that it made sense to disclose it yesterday. Why they wouldn't disclose it the next day is a question. John Stanky, CEO at... AT&T became CEO in April, is thinking it up. I bet you he hasn't heard that one before. In my view, his cautious approach is backfiring. You know, with, with COVID 
Warner Brothers has taken a, a cautious stance in terms of its tentpole movie releases. The big summer movie for AT&T slash Warner Media this, this summer was Tenant, which I think initially was supposed to come out in early July, maybe late June. And it was released in late August in, in China, other parts of Asia. I think Europe maybe the the, the following week in, in the U.S. on September 3rd. And it's it's underperformed, uh, generated maybe north of $200 million. So I think it's done well, given the backdrop, but underperformed what would have been expectations in, in normal times. And therefore, Stanky decided that it would make sense to push back a number of other tentpole releases that were slated for next year, which had already been pushed back, pushed them back even further. So you have movies like The Batman that was slated for, um, was it October of 2021, have been pushed into 2022. You had uh, Dune, which is another big release that was slated for December of this year, pushed back until October of 2021. Late Tuesday night, Warner decided that they were going to release Wonder Woman, which was another big release on HBO Max. So maybe AT&T is finding religion. But you know, you spend all the time and effort and capital required to build your own proprietary streaming platform, HBO Max. And so isn't isn't COVID this one-off event and you know not that we can't get hit with another one-off event, but this one-off event that came out of left field, isn't this a, the perfect time to be experimenting? And I realize that the economics are more favorable when you have a, a, a new release that's initially released in theaters for a window of X number of weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, and, that, and then you bring it on to your streaming platform. But sometimes you have to deal with the, the, the hand that you dealt. And why not just push your content out to the world over the top on your, on your platform? And especially back in April when there was a dearth of content. May when there was a dearth of content. Endeavor owns an asset, UFC Ultimate Fighting Championship. And they were one of the first, or they were the first sports league to push forward with live events. I think it was the middle of May. It was the first live event that they held without fans. They were the first to do it in, in Florida. And they've had success. Now, they're, they're private. They haven't released figures but their audience share has gone up. Now, I don't know what that means in terms of paid subscribers and things like this, but if you kind of follow their social media platforms, you'll see the numbers have, have gone up over the past several months because they've been the only game in town. Disney's been aggressive in putting stuff on uh, on, on Disney Plus that was originally slated for theater release. But AT&T and John Stanky seem to think that, that sit and wait, that do nothing is a valid approach. And, and who's to say that COVID's not going to be with us next year or that a variant of COVID or some other virus or something else out of left field? So I think it's, it's rare where sit and wait is the optimal strategy. And I would love to see Warner slash AT&T slash Stanky get more aggressive and push content out the door. Now, big tech regulation. So that was uh, the House Democrats released their report after 16 months of, of research. Uh, they released a report as to what they believe should occur or put some potential options as it relates to potential regulation of the big tech companies, Apple, Amazon, Google, Facebook. And we go into some detail and 
I won't spoil it for you. You can read about it. But they published a 449-page report that has one product graphic. So it kind of gives you a sense as to the depth of knowledge on the product side. But this is going to be a problem for those four companies, regardless of whether or not there's any uh, regulatory impact, you know, in terms of a, a breaking up these companies or putting government officials on the boards and monitoring these companies, uh, content regulation, even if nothing happens, just, just going through the process, going through a process by which the FTC will make requests about your business, knowing that the FTC is, is, is watching you, is going to do harm to these four companies. It's going to slow innovation at these four companies. If you're Apple, Amazon, Facebook, or Google slash Alphabet, and you know the FTC and Congress is watching you, and they have been for some time, and those companies are aware, uh, you're going to be less aggressive on the M&A front in particular. So not just as it relates to large acquisitions, but smaller acquisitions where you think a, a particular company has uh, capability that would be strategic where that company and your product portfolio. You know, M&A is part of the innovation process. And now if you're going to be a lot more skittish as a management team about executing M&A because you have the government looking over your shoulder, well, that meaningfully stalls innovation. And I, I lived through this at Solera. We didn't have the government uh, breathing down our neck like these four companies do. But uh, under Ob Obama, we had a, an active FTC that, that looked at everything. And shortly after I left that company, there was a, a small deal that was executed where uh, the divestiture had to occur for like a, a sub $20 million revenue deal. I mean, a sub $20 million purchase price. Never mind revenue for a company that at the time was doing roughly a billion of revenue. I'm thinking of maybe what was a $5 million revenue business and a divestiture had to occur. I mean, it's just, it's out. So you've got these guys looking over your shoulder and I can promise you the management teams at each of these companies aren't going to be as aggressive on the M&A side. So it's absolutely going to slow M&A uh, related innovations. That's one. The number two with the government looking over your shoulder and, and making requests for documents, typically the documentation may be around board presentations, investor presentations, other C-level documents where internal documents where you discuss product and product strategy. They want to understand your thought process. They want to know how you refer to certain products and services. Do you talk about, for example, dominating a market? Do you use the word dominate? Do you talk about bundling products and services? Is, is, is bundle a phrase that you use? These are key words that the, the government would be have a heightened awareness to. And there, there are others. And so th this, this chews up a meaningful amount of management bandwidth. That management could be spending on other things, such as in the technology industry, particularly with these companies where, where technology is very fluid. Um, not, now you're not spending as, as much time on internal product development, innovation, new product initiatives, and other things. So that, that too will slow innovation. So this is just, uh, it, 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 it's bad news, even if there isn't, a, as I said earlier, an outcome uh, such as breaking up any of these companies. You're just having the FTC poking around, and it's probably going to be, a, you know, we're probably looking at a 10-year process, kind of like Microsoft. They probably got a decade of back and forth 
dealing with lobbyists, this, that, the other. Um, but it's going to put a damper on innovation and a damper on growth. Now, it doesn't mean that growth is going to get cut in half for these companies, but there's certainly a significant opportunity cost, right? I mean, there are just there are things that positive events that will not happen, positive if you're a shareholder, that will not happen as a result of the FTC poking around and congressional hearings and things of that sort. And that's going to create a significant opportunity cost. So you just wonder if, um, you know, I would guess where these companies uh, have, have pulled along uh, the, the, the NASDAQ in terms of stock price returns. You would think that investors who want to play in tech maybe are going to look elsewhere and not spend so much time with these mega caps for fear of potential uh, regulation. And that maybe you'll start to look at, you know, large caps at the lower end of the spectrum, mid cap and small cap, and try to find some value. There is value in small cap land. You know, it, it, it's possible to find a, a number of small caps and, and mid cap software companies, for example, that um, have decent revenue growth and 20% or better operating margins and healthy cash flow. You know, those companies do exist. So it doesn't have to be all Amazon all the time or all Apple all the time. There, there are other, other companies out there in, in technology land particularly in enterprise software. And then in other news, uh, Eddie Van Halen of Van Halen passed away tonight from cancer, unfortunately. So I'll leave you with this. That's all for now. See you next time.